Shopamaniacs. You're listening to another Heart Stop edition of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the booth. Coyer, Chris, who we got today? Gosh darn right. Somebody who hasn't been on the show in a hot long time, but we've been, you know, uh, friends and acquaintances in the tech industry forever. Back from the back from the famous Yayquery days, where you even 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 YouTube was a was a was a baby. It's Rebecca Murphy. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. That's right. YouTube, like we posted Yakery on Vimeo because, like, it wasn't clear. There wasn't a winner, right? There wasn't. A, there wasn't there was a not winner. a winner in the video uh, space, and yeah, yeah, circa two thousand nine, hand editing RSS files. It's good times. Wow. So that was, you know, a show like ostensibly about jQuery, but really just about whatever and, and jokes and stuff. And, uh, wonderful. Anyway, that that was, you know, that was always a side gig anyway. So wh- 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 what's up, Dot? What have you been doing for the last, you know, the rest of your life? <laughs> the rest of my life. Um, well, I'm an engineering manager of sorts at Stripe uh, these days. So I've been at Stripe for two years, almost maybe two years in November. Um, and I joined there to you know, keep up the, the JavaScript team. I joined to start a JavaScript infrastructure team there. Oh, no and, kidding. Yep. And so I built that team. Um, you might have seen our big write-up about our migration from Flow to TypeScript. That was kind of our our big, uh, big pro- two, one of our two big, big projects in the year that I had that team. And then... That's funny. It wasn't from year. not typed to typed. It was just typed no, was to just different like, types. <laughs> typed to like better typed. Uh, that's another case where there was no clear winner when we made when Stripe made that choice. Like Flow was hmm, could have won. Uh, Flow was Facebook, and React is still around. So who would guess that Flow wouldn't be? But um, yeah. So anyway, did that for about a year, and then now I'm leading a team called Engineering Success at Stripe, and it's focused on just understanding and improving the experience of doing software engineering at Stripe. Um, we had a lot of teams that were focused on making great tools, making those tools fast, but really no one who was focused on what it was like to use those tools all together, like what the, the experience of actually writing software was. So we have a small team getting larger that's focused on trying to understand that and help other teams realize where they could be making improvements on their, on their tools. Mm. It's like developer experience, developer experience. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Uh, this is, feels like a good place to start because how do you go? How do you go to your bosses who control the purse strings, you know? And they're and you're like, it doesn't feel good, you know? <laughs> like, like how do? Oh, and they're like, oh yeah, here's a billion dollars, like go fix it or whatever, you know? But, I, I wish, yeah, that's t- that's exactly how it worked. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still got still got the check in my back pocket. Uh, no, I mean, so one of the reasons that I joined Stripe and that I was excited about working in the space of Stripe, um, this is not me just promoting Stripe, this is true. Uh, one of the reasons that I joined was that every six months we do a survey of the whole company. Um, so engineers, not at, like whole company, and we have a really, really high response rate because people know that the answers are read uh, and responded to. Um, so that means that every six months we're getting kind of a, we were getting an influx of, you know, people saying they were sad, uh, using our tools and, um, that they felt like they could be more productive than they were. And so, um, you know, Stripe is a low margin business. So the more, basically the more we can eke out of our engineers without burning them out, um, you know, the, the more money hopefully we can make, um, but you know, we we make a tiny, tiny slice of uh, every transaction, and so uh, we aren't you know, we're doing well. But it, it it is a low margin business that means that anything, like I said, anything you can eke out kind of matters. That's funny to think about. Is that it's like low margin of you know, like I could see like if you bought a wicker chair for a hundred dollars and you sold it for a hundred and five dollars, that's low margin. But if you didn't even have to buy the chair. Well, your five percent is pretty good. Oh well, but we we have stuff that we have to pay for uh, too. Like we have to, you know, some of that goes to the credit card companies, and you got to you got to pay me, you know, those sorts of things. So, um, yes, it. I know that we we take a fee that that may prefer to complain about. Um, (laughs) I'm not on that side of the business, so I don't know anything about that. Um, But yeah, as as businesses go. 
uh, it is a lower margin business than, well, than and, many. And like engineering is expensive. Like uh, there's maybe ways you can cut costs, but it is, but, but in my experience, I feel like you really cut costs, like, like and you cut some quality and you cut some uh, deadlines and things like that. But like, um, engineering just is, is kind of a giant cost center. So anything you're saying, anything you can do to like make it function better or more efficiently is, is m- money in the bank as it were, you know, or you get an ROI, right? Well, basically that. And, and, you know, we, so we've always done this, um, survey every twice a year. We also now do more regular surveys. Um, we may talk about paper cuts in this, which is another thing that we do to get feedback. So, um, really, getting the money in this case was easier than anywhere I've had tried to get the money before. <laughs> um, just because I, I had this body of evidence of people saying, um, people saying this is really hard. People writing friction logs, um, explaining what their experience was trying to ship a feature or something like that. So I had, we had a lot of evidence of a problem. It was more figuring out, are we going to just put more people on the same teams that we've always had or do we need something that's kind of looking at the whole experience? Um, and so it's it's been, um, yeah, the, you know, I always like more money. I would personally like more money and I would love to hire more people. But the generally the organizational support has been incredible um, and really frightening <laughs> levels of visibility. Well, what does a win look like well. then if you're in developer embetterment developer success I guess <laughs> developer you're calling. Betterment. and yeah. engineering success yeah yeah like okay so there's a there's a paper cut or worse or, or, or something that sucks about your job as an engineer then then it's your job to kind of, what, what kind of kind of triage it or see if there's a solution to it that can that can i don't know put a band-aid on that thing or some stuff works that way and that was kind of our our thing for the, our first quarter was we get the paper cuts uh, so basically with paper cuts we made it really easy for engineers to complain anywhere in their um kind of development tools so they can do it in slack they can click a button they can type a command line we just made it really really easy for people to complain in their editors that's a bold move by the way <laughs> i know like jen simmons will get on twitter sometimes and just be like complain about safari i just feel like you're opening yourself up to this fire hose that was exactly the plan uh was to get just this this stream of gentle but critical um feedback about our tools and it's hard to take that to the CTO or the CEO and have them not want to do something about it. Um, like it was, it was a great way to kind of show evidence of the, of the problem. The thing about paper cuts though is yeah, sometimes it's like stupid stuff where it's like, Oh, this, you know, some CSS layout issue, for example, uh, where like this thing is covering up this thing and I can't click on it. So, you know, those are just like, we can dispose of those pretty quickly. And those are easy, but what we really found was that our real value wasn't in finding these little things. Our re- real value was in saying, oh my gosh, our system for managing ac- managing permissions and access is really high friction for engineers, mm-hmm. especially in this scenario that is a very common scenario. So we were able to kind of collect, because we were getting this feedback from the whole engineering organization, we were able to see things that no one else could see about what was going wrong. We could see that like, oh, tickets get kicked between deploy and orchestration all the time. What's that about? Like, where's the confusion? How could we have a better support story? So it really almost turned into a internal dev, like it's turning into an internal dev rel kind of um, situation. Mm. Instead of just let me fix stuff, it's really turning into, like I I said, I'm sort of an engineering manager. I'm also sort of a product, product manager. Um, and my product is productivity. That's that's Yeah, because the only way you could have like got all these friction points, like especially cross team, would be like get every engineering manager in the same room, and then they all list every problem they've ever heard a developer complain about, right? And like, but and we've rabbit holed on exactly one of those problems by halfway through the day. Uh, is usually how that would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then who's going to pay for it? Budget, budget, yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting how it's turned into more of almost an advocacy um, role, um, internal developer advocacy and, role. And how many developers is this, if we were to quantify? More than more than a thousand 
uh, less than 5,000 um, okay. in that, in that ballpark. So that's good for me. I just, I was like, it's not 12 people, right? It's not, it's not 12 people <laughs> and it's not Google, right? Like right, it's, right. It is, it's not yeah, 60,000 yeah. or a hundred thousand or something. Right. Like right. Yeah. It's not Google, but it's not, a, uh, even though like, you know, it is a startup still, <laughs> it's more of a startup in terms of headcount. <laughs> so you made it easy to complain. And then what did y'all do? We made it easy to complain. We also, at the same time, we were trying to um, make it just kind of elevate the conversation around productivity at Stripe. So we had been, you know, we did this this survey twice a year, um, and that was one data point that we had. And then um, we we didn't really have other data points uh, coming in, in in the old days. So what would happen is that people would get really fixated on two things. Number one, a metric that updated exactly twice a year. <laughs> and so Yeah, you care about what you measure, a classic thing. <laughs> um, but it only updates twice a year, so you can't you couldn't tell if you were making any progress until you ran the survey again in six months. Um, and we also in the absence of other more fluid numbers, we really zeroed in on activity metrics, which is gets real close to counting lines of code that people are writing. And we all know that it's bad to count the lines of code that people are writing because uh, I too can, can write a lot of lines of code if that's what you would like me to do. Right. Um, but sometimes <laughs> two weeks of thinking results in two lines of code kind of thing. Two lines of code, right. So Sometimes um, you don't want to maintain that 500-line uh, browser sniffer, you know? Sometimes you just shouldn't have done that, you know? Should have done that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, we. this is the other thing we had, had to kind of try and figure out how to solve was how to talk to the business about productivity. Um, because the business, uh, you know, the business at the end of the day wants to know I'm spending this much money, how much value am I getting, um, for spending this money? Um, if we were working on an assembly line selling like airplanes or cars, um, that would be a plausible calculation. (laughs) Um, but yeah, one more line, like a hundred more people done. Yeah. Yeah. Was that line good? Was it bad? Did it cause an incident? Was it a stupid feature idea that we never should have spent six months building? So we really had to explain to the business that we needed to, to take a more nuanced look at what was impacting productivity and what the outcomes of, of our work were. So we um, looked at the space framework, which is a paper from Microsoft and GitHub. Um, that lays out kind of five pillars of productivity, that it's satisfaction, um, satisfaction and well-being, uh, performance and outcomes, activity, communication, collaboration, and efficiency and flow. And so we, instead of just looking at like how much code is coming out the end of the pipe, we started to look at, do people have enough time to, are they in meetings all day? Do they have enough like uninterrupted blocks of time mm-hmm. during the day? How often are they having to rely on another team to get their code reviewed? Um, how often are they, um, how long are they waiting for API reviews or other internal review processes? So we just started to paint this fuller picture of productivity and really arrived at, well, it wasn't a shocking conclusion for me, but it was a surprising conclusion for the business that tools weren't really our problem. <laughs> um, yes, our tools could be better. Don't like, no doubt our tools could be better. But I started to hypothesize that we could drive all of the tools to a hundred or zero or whatever you want to call good. And we wouldn't have solved the problem. <laughs> and I just kind of felt this viscerally, like just making the tools better is not going to solve this. There are, there are cultural and gross challenges that we need to address too. Um, you know, the ways of working and the ways of thinking. You couldn't NPM install your way out of the problem is what you're saying. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That we were going to, we were, we couldn't write code to solve this. We could write some code and it would make things better. But if we were actually looking for a step change, we had to start talking about some bigger, bigger things. Hmm. Um, so that's been kind of the, the nine month arc of this uh, team is starting by thinking we would fix paper cuts and improve workflows and um, there's still plenty to do there, but it's really become a discussion with senior leadership about what's really making it difficult for engineers to 
um, be maximally effective. So you talk, you talked like, so out of this was, was the flow to TypeScript kind of a product of this or, or is that? No, that was, so that was my last, my last, um, my previous job at Stripe, which I can also talk about. Um, but you should have, I have other people you should have on to talk about that in like technical detail. I'm just a manager. Um, so that was on my previous team. I was, um, I joined Stripe to build the JavaScript infrastructure team. And um, that was, it's, it's really fun to have a new team because nobody expects you to do anything because nobody knows what to expect you to do. <laughs> so, and also JavaScript, there were lots of really excellent JavaScripters at Stripe. Like Alex Sexton is there and Andrew Bunny and uh, TJ Fontaine, like home, oh, lots of excellent JavaScripters were there. Um, but again, the business didn't really understand where JavaScript fit into the, the software development process and what the experience of that was like. So really quickly, you're like, we <laughs> showed up to like 20 minute webpack builds and, uh, 60 different versions of flow installed in a mono repo, um, because nobody was kind of accountable <laughs> for the, ex- again, the experience of front end engineering, uh, at Stripe. And so two big projects we did. One, introducing Metro for um, local development of front-end instead of Webpack, which is basically like instantaneous builds. Um, mm. And then uh, the TypeScript project. Um, so the Webpack to Metro was about a six-month project. And then the TypeScript project, just talking to Andrew Lenny about it yesterday, uh, we wrote a doc in April of 2021 saying that it would be done in Q2 of 2022. And it was. Um, I've never, Damn. <laughs> I've it's never the first time anything ever. Where's like your that? awards? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. so yeah, at least you huge, didn't say next week, undertaking. you know, you did like a year. Yeah. I've had a couple like, Oh, my timeline was right. Whoa. It wow. makes you feel, what does it feel like? I've never, never experienced Especially this. Especially on a, on a like year. Like this was, this was quarters and I got it right. I was so impressed. Yeah. That's and impressive. I should say I got it right. We got it right. Uh, Everybody, yeah. It right. So meta kind of thing, you know. Stripe builds stuff for developers. You know, this is not. It's not for. It's not for your your t- average citizen of the world to use. It's it's just for other developers. So I don't know. I, I wonder if. There's just more, like if you make it great for internal developers, that it's a close. The fallout is closer to a better product for other people too like if you're an engineer at vox media do you need you like you still care about the experience of the developers there but it's like a little less connection because you're just making news about about you know apple products or whatever yeah i mean i think one of the challenges of working in a space like this is um is that uh the the connection to that end user can be tenuous um, and it can uh, really, especially when a group like this just starts and product engineering is kind of 80% and you've got these info people off doing some stuff, don't really understand what it is. Maybe they don't like to talk to people too much. Um, <laughs> like, so it's really easy for engineering culture to center on product engineers. And it can be really easy for info engineers to feel actually really disconnected <laughs> from um, like, why are we here? Uh, mm-hmm. what, are, what are we doing? Um, so, uh, I do think, I, I think that the work that we are doing will have benefits to end users, but there, I can never draw that line in any, you know, I can never actually attribute our work, uh, as the reason that there was not an incident, for example, <laughs> um, you know, you can imagine that the work that we do will make it easier to build more reliable software. Um, because maybe we'll, we'll improve the testing situation or whatever. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty plausible story is that we will make it possible to build more reliable software. What it, like, how do you measure re- reliable software? Like by, by the absence of bad things. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's hard to make that connection, but I think it's there. Yeah. I, our favorite, uh, internet mad guy, Alex Russell, uh, you know, He's uh feels like the DX leads to better products is a total uh lie, you know. Um, oh, I love this argument. <laughs> and I you know, you've seen it at 
massive scales that I haven't. I personally am like, well, it seems to help me, but helps me like at least like I, I'm not like I don't have blank page syndrome, I guess, you know, like where I'm just like, oh, man, what would be the best way to like install or whatever? I don't know. Create a user auth flow. I don't do that, you know. <laughs> I try not to do that. So. Yeah. Um, so Alex and I are friends. Alex lended me a couple hundred pounds when I lost my wallet in uh, uh, Brighton at uh, the conference, whose name I can't say because they've changed it um, to FFConf, um, but it wasn't that then. Um, and uh, so, like, I I like Alex as a human. Um, I think he's super wrong and kind of disconnected from reality on this, on this front. Um, like I think that he, what he's right about is that there are trade-offs and that you can't, um, you know, if you optimize only for experience and then you have a 50 meg, uh, download on your homepage, like you screwed up. Definitely. Like I, I agree with That's that. That's a screw up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not every page is your homepage. Not every product is your homepage. Not every product is latency sensitive. Um, and sometimes it's actually the right call, especially for internal tools. Sometimes it's the right call to make it easy. Um, not just like, and we'll pay, you know, a hundred milliseconds of latency internally on a tool. Like, yes, that would be nice to recover. I don't disagree, but come on. Um, <clears throat> if we were able to build some valuable internal tool in two weeks instead of two months, like it's a no brainer. So I think it's, it's, it's very, his position is very absolutist um, sure, and sure. doesn't take into account the reality of money and people and real trade-offs that businesses have to make um, and retention too, for that matter. And like, that's <clears throat> definitely part of the story of engineering success is that, um, Frustration with tools can become a retention issue, um, and and yeah. so I think if you're if you're just like suck it up, be a real engineer, just write JavaScript, um, then I might go somewhere where I don't have to do that. <laughs> I can make the same amount of money. Just Dude, that's real stuff, man. I, I've also seen just anecdotally, like um, quite a few developers. There seems to be a type of developer who like the minute they encounter a tiny problem, they're like, this thing is terrible, you know? So like web components or whatever, the second they're like, oh, it's weird about styles. It's dead, you know? And you're just like, ah, oh, but like, um, so, you know, there is some, something to be said for tools like React that are kind of very like, malleable like or, or people abuse it to meet their needs you know um there's something to be said about that that's typescript i think is a great example where we could write code without it and the code that we ship is bigger because we use typescript instead of not using typescript um and but but it is it's the kind of thing that like engineers were begging us for because they would come from another company and show up to Stripe and be like, Flow, what's Flow? There's no documentation for Flow. There's no support network for Flow. There's no community around Flow. Um, so the the cost of using a tool or not using a tool is real. That was part of our motivation for the TypeScript conversion. You know, Flow types are... Like, you could make an argument that one is just... is as good as the other on pure functionality maybe um <clears throat> but the uh the ergonomics and the community uh was really missing from you from freaking switched to typescript and, for hiring reasons that's amazing i mean not not no we switched to typescript because like typescript typescript one that's why we switched to typescript well, and yeah and dave rupert a uh, credit card user does actually want types on the credit card. Oh yeah, I was going to say machine. that. I want Stripe using TypeScript. Please yeah, use TypeScript. Yeah, using types. Yes. So whatever backend, I want you to use types too. Please. Use <laughs> types there too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that's yeah. why we. That's why we have our own special flavor of Ruby. Um, as well. Uh, you have whoa. typed yeah. Ruby. We have typed Ruby. 
It's called Weird. Sorbet. You too can have typed Ruby. It's open source. Um, it's oh called Sorbet. Gosh. Sorbet. Yeah. Now you're going to okay. have to re rewrite <laughs> code pen, Chris. It auto it completes to Sorbet Stripe when you type it into Google. Just, did Stripe build it? Did you build it? It did. It did. I didn't. But my, my former boss ran the team. Wow. Uh, it, all this time you could have just used Go. Oh, it was Go around in 2011? No. no. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I need to learn Go. So, but yeah, if you want some types in your types in your Ruby, there you go. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Split. That's split.io, split.io slash shop talk, actually. A uh, very clever name for a product because it has to do with splitting actually like the users that use your website. So uh, uh, imagine a basic use case of that being something like A-B testing. Like I want to show some percentage of people this version of the website because I want to test the effectiveness of it without necessarily rolling it out to everybody. So test the effectiveness, meaning literally measure the impact that it has and see if it's kind of good or bad. But that same kind of technology then can be used for feature flags. That's essentially what you're doing. So you use their product to set up these feature flags, like these 100 people or these 25% of the user base have this feature flag, which you use their dashboard to do. And then it allows you to write like if else statements essentially right in your own code paste that says, you know, if this flag is turned on, deliver this piece of JavaScript or backend code or whatever it is. Otherwise, do this. It gives you that ability in your code, but it separates the ability to it. You don't have to deploy in order to change the 100 people or the 25 percent or something. You manage that elsewhere, which ends up being a pretty nice experience. And then again, it helps. It's, it's, it's for rolling things out. You have a brand new feature. You don't want to roll it out to everybody. You want to roll it out to a subset and get feedback from them. That's the whole point of feature flags and split helps you do that. So split is the feature delivery platform you need to help execute these modern expectations and continuous and progressive delivery. Because if you're not delivering, you're falling behind. You and a team of 10 can, can, can create your first feature flags at split.io slash shop talk split.io slash shop talk create your first feature flags with a team of 10 thanks for the support oh well i'm curious about that you've been javascript in it for a for a while and i know i mean whatever manager but i'm sure you're a, a highly competent javascript programmer to this day much better than i am but but that, but you never you never pieced out you never did the like sorry javascript i do i'm, rest I'm a now. rust yeah. now yeah you never uh well now i build dashboards um that is my special skill is writing sql and then javascript um <laughs> dashboards to explain everything I said earlier to the business. Uh, so yeah, I still get to write some, um, you know, for, for about five years, I didn't write much of any code. And then in the last year, I've, uh, I actually got the survey that we send to engineers because I wrote enough code to be counted as an engineer. Um, and there's no D3 of rest. So apparently <laughs> yeah. you're stuck. I'm stuck. Uh, yeah. Thankfully our, our tooling around all of this is pretty plug and play for these dashboards. So it's like lots of cargo culting and just don't even really have people to write code. You know, we had, I think, Suze Hinton on a year and a half ago or something like that, who just looks like just recently left Stripe. but Just left Stripe in the last few months. Yeah, she had a lot of similar things to say about this, like, friction logging and stuff. You, you said the word once, but that's, it's, that's, the spirit of, that's the spirit of having a little button you can click everywhere to report problems right but you actually made it into a little tool but the friction logging is more of a generic concept right it's kind of like watching somebody yeah. do a job and then being like oh they had a little problem right there i'm going to write that down quick kind of thing but that was for user facing stuff so it's cool to see the synchronicity between you know testing your products and how people use them and applying that methodology and then just doing the same exact thing internally really yeah, one thing that's really cool is at Stripe uh, that I really appreciate is that um, senior, senior people, um, Patrick and uh, David Singleton as, as two examples, so CEO and CTO, um, 
they do what what's called an engineerication or engineerification or like I don't know how the word sort of comes out. How they nounized it? Yeah. Yes, I'm not sure what the the noun they engineericated. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, they spend about once once or twice a year. They spend about a week doing product development and experiencing what's it like to do product development. So they keep. A friction log isn't just, oh, I'm frustrated, let me write it down. A friction log is, I'm going to write down everything. <laughs> I'm going to write down, like, I am sitting down to add, you know, this payment type to this country. Um, and so it's it's more than just, I got stuck here, I got stuck here. It's kind of a narrative that, that you can replay in your head as you're reading it and kind of feel what that experience was, was like. Um, so, yeah, uh, I really like that we do that as a kind of cultural thing. On the other hand, I hate to be on the receiving end of a friction lock. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to like tune your brain to I feel like sometimes I'm I'm bad at identifying I guess that's why you write down everything. But let's assume it's not like you you click the button when you you think you have a problem. You're like, aha, this I'm sick of typing this flag in the command line. I always forget it. So I'm gonna tell somebody that. And then that's going to go into this log that's actually taken seriously. Sometimes my brain's like, I don't know. Of course you need, like, it's a, tr- it's a universal truth that you need the flag. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Get over like, I, don't, I don't identify it as friction. I identify it as that's the way it is. It's got to be that way. Chris's deal with it glasses just came yeah. down from the top. Like, yeah. I'm getting better at identifying it because we do this a lot, even in our very, very tiny team at CodePen is like, no, that we're going to rename that table column because we were confused about it once, you know, <laughs> like we <laughs> Let's do a massive migration. Yeah. Because it's once. called name on this table and tape and title on this. We are going to standardize. God damn it. <laughs> and we do, we do that kind of thing. But only that's only kind of recently that we've we've thought that way. Like what the, the attitude that got us into that before was more hot and loose attitude on mm-hmm, those things. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was definitely a long time where I'm like, I don't know, I can't change the table. It's just the way it is. I'll code around. We, we did eventually decide, and, and God bless our program manager who like fought to make sure that we did this, um, to add a kind of impact uh, little drop down to the mm, to thing yeah. that comes up. So now people can actually be like, I'm just being annoying. Um, like, uh, yeah. but I, I wanted you? to record this. I wanted to record this, but I acknowledge that I'm just being annoying. Um, and you know what? That's fine because then you can pile those up and hand them to a team and say, "You've got a new grad who wants to do UI work. Here's a here's a stack of like paper cuts in your. They're uh, genuinely paper cuts in your uh, UI. Hashtag good first issue or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, starter bug. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, do your bosses that become engineers uh, or re-become engineers? Uh, is it like undercover boss? They put on fake mustaches. They're like, uh, you know, no, no, it's not no. that not that um, cool. No, it is uh, CEO or CTO showing up to the Dev Productivity Channel and asking questions about why their dev box is broken. Do you have to take their <laughs> issues a bit more seriously than uh, Alex uh, Sexton's yes, issues? Jesus. No, no, you treat them like dirt, like Alex. You know, you just give them the same treatment. You know? I don't know if Alex has ever filed. No, he did. He did the other day. I can't say that anymore. I think he hadn't filed paper cut until recently. Um, oh, okay. But um, I try really hard not to. Like, I, I might try. So what, another thing that we found uh, with this whole process is sometimes it's like people, of course, would love for these things to be fixed. Like that's their dream. But that they are even acknowledged and somebody says, I hear you, and that sucks, um, that can work on executives, too. <laughs> um, yeah, right? yeah. Like, so just the... We, I have a text expander for that in, in customer support, you know? Like, I know that you want to be only to pay for one feature and not two. We are seriously considering your request. Thank you for sending it into us. And I, I know it sounds like bull. Some people are like, Th- actually, thanks. thanks. That's, that's all I wanted. Yeah. Um, so that was another really interesting sort of sociological thing about this was that I think that we got a lot of goodwill out of just telling people we heard them. Um, every one of these paper cuts still comes to my personal inbox. Um 
of course it goes to Jira as well, but like it comes to my personal inbox and I have like at least a glance at every single one. Um, so being able to go in front of people and say that, um, just that has really changed the the kind of way that people feel. And they can also see bigger actions starting to be taken. I've, I've written a few manifestos in my day and sent it to management. And I, I will, I think it, that's a terrible way to do it. I like your way much better, but <laughs> I think like it is, it's at least, I don't know, writing down your problems. And this was something I wanted to ask you about because, because you talk about like writing is like a valuable engineering asset. Um, and like just even just writing down your big grievances about the app and here's some data, some observations, uh, experiences I've had. Like, I feel like that's a point where people can go, oh, yeah, it is kind of bad. You know, like like I went through and I tracked every day my environment was down for this client. It was like 12 days a month. I was like out, you know, and they're like, oh, geez. And we paid them for that. And you're like, yep, <laughs> you did. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it has let us highlight sometimes things that like once we realized that that whole, um, the, the whole authentication authorization stuff was, um, was kind of janky. Uh, we weren't overnight able to put people on it, but we were able to put people on it and it's being worked on now. And then we'll write a email at the end that says like, we did this because you complained. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that, uh, showing people that this, that this, that we, that we hear them. Um, and that's the other challenge is being really, really communicative because a lot of the stuff we do is invisible or is, doesn't change overnight. Um, we're, we try to be really communicative with our stakeholders, our users, our everybody, um, our fellow engineers, uh, and developer productivity about what we're doing so that there is this sense of progress that's being made. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, like what, what would you recommend to somebody who like wants to start this at their company, whether like, do they have to be a certain size or is it, or like even just a informal, like, I don't know, complaint box or something. (laughs) What would you suggest? Yeah, I think I I talked about this with um, Jen Creighton on the single threaded podcast, which is uh, also recommend yours is the best, of course, but hers is pretty good. Um, and we talked about this. I do think size is a huge, like, Chris, you probably should not have an engineering success team. Just, it's my yeah. punch. Um, Deal. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that there is a number that is, there's an engineering population that is probably bigger than 500 and less than 1,000. Maybe it's, maybe it's bigger than 400. Like, I'm not sure where the lower end is, but it's, it's in the hundreds. It's not in the tens. Um, because in the tens, usually like you're solving these things yourself, you're talking to each other. You're like, Oh, this tool annoys me. Let me uh, remove that flag. And then you made Chris mad, but whatever. Um, you're, you're just, this stuff is getting solved kind of organically in the course of doing business. Um, so I think that this is only necessary when a, when a business reaches a certain size where, you know, you can't all sit around the table anymore, um, or run into each other, um, in the office or whatever, um, it, it becomes necessary to have kind of a, a centralized function that's thinking about builds, thinking about how do we execute our tests? Because like all these things that you know, I certainly didn't appreciate were problems that are, are like real cost challenges at scale. For example, like, running all of our tests all the time is really expensive. We need to be smarter about when <laughs> we're running. Like if yeah. you get enough engineers yeah. writing enough code and you're writing, you're running all your tests all the time. Well, that was a perfectly fine thing to do, you know, when the code base was smaller and 200 engineers ago. Yeah. Um, but now we have problems where like running all of our tests is expensive and also slow, which means that engineers are frustrated. And so you start to have these problems that only exist at scale. Um, yeah, like they, yeah. they just don't exist. So I think, I think those are the two things. One, you're, you're doing a lot of self-solving at a certain size, um, probably at the sub hundred size, you're doing a lot of self-solving. Um, and then you might start thinking about it around a hundred and it probably becomes like, oops, we should have done this a year ago um, as you're getting in that 500 to a thousand space. And I think that's usually how it happens is there's like somebody, this, 
something is wrong with our infrastructure. It is no one's job, no team's job to fix it. And if we don't fix it, we're going to, you know, spend twice as much money in Q3 as we thought. Uh, like that's, that is often how something like this gets, how something like a developer productivity organization gets started. Um, is because you let it go too long. Oh, that's interesting. Like, there's so many of you. We need to split you up. But now it's nobody's job to keep you together. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's cool. So, anyway, let's. If we could talk about, you've been in just of revolving around, you know, web technology for our entire career. All of us have, but you know, or we have you as the guest on the show. So, what does it make you think about technology, like, as a whole? Like, how do you like look at tech? and evaluate it and think about it? Um, I know that's a pretty abstract question, but are you, like, pleased with where we are in a way? No. Is it like... <laughs> that was a quick no, so... <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think I'm thinking of this from a cultural standpoint, from a tooling standpoint. My God. Like, <laughs> do you remember what we used to do? Yeah, it's, it's a good, just, good it's time to, for not, tooling right now that anymore um and anyone who complains about like even webpack yes i know webpack is getting a little little long in the teeth but still like that's magic compared to what we (laughs) modules anyway um so from a technical standpoint i think that yeah this is a good time to be a software engineer um and to be a front-end software engineer the the ecosystem is so much more mature there's so much more respect for the role um, there's so much more recog- like general recognition of this is a thing that people can be good at and being good at it matters. Um, <clears throat> I think you're also starting to see front end people, uh, you're, you're seeing more, you know, Chris, I think we talked about this design <laughs> whenever in like 10 years ago. Um, the, because that was, I think when I wrote my baseline for front end developers, um, post, uh, circa 2014. Um, and I think, at that time, we we had you had people who were front end developers who were building web pages, and you had people who, who were front end developers who were building websites, and then eventually apps like apps, uh, not even websites. And I think that the perception of front end was you're building web pages, <laughs> um, and the reality has become no, you're building applicants, pull on applications with real substantial engineering concerns. Um, and like you're working in a distributed system, <laughs> running stuff on other people's computers, this is actually hard. Um, so I think that the front end has gotten a lot more respect, and that's really really cool to see um, the respect and the tech have both improved. I think what I struggle with is that I'm not having as much fun as I was before. Um, I. I, and I don't know if this is me or if it's the industry or what it is, but um, I'm having a lot of fun with this particular problem because it's a new problem that I haven't solved yet. <laughs> and so that's fun. I, I'm much more interested in the problems than in the tech now. I think I, I really gravitate toward people and process problems that result in developer ergonomics or the lack thereof. Um, but also, like, if I didn't have to work I don't think I would. (laughs) Um, Like, I'm kind of done with tech um, writ large. Um, So you certainly don't see, like, a new library drop, and you'd be like, ooh, that looks interesting. I'm going to have a look-ski. Yeah, and, like, you mentioned Go, and I'm like, there's a time that I would have sat down and learned Go, and I don't rule out that I will sit down and learn Go, but it's no longer the, like, (gasps) I'm going to go home tonight and learn Go. Um, and stay up until midnight on my on my uh, 2009 ThinkPad, you know. Well, a perfectly good, good – it, it might just because you're like, I don't know, mentally just t- tired with all this. But is there something else too? Is it like – is it that it's actually just not that interesting? I think it like the money is really convenient and also incredibly gross. Um, like it, it's – I can talk about a place I used to work and then this gets easier uh, to explain. So I used to work at Indeed, um, which was great. And I, I really enjoyed it. I was there for about five years, really enjoyed it. worked on a front end um, platform team. Um, and again, drove a lot of change there. And so good times. Um, but even like we had, we had shirts that said, I help people get jobs and everywhere. It's like, I help people get jobs. That's our whole 
thing. And so that was like a really exciting mission for me for a while of like, oh, I'm finally doing something like good with technology instead of just selling things. Um, but even then, after being there a few years, it's, I had like, why do people need jobs? <laughs> like, Whoa. Yeah. And like, we are, we're, we're perpetuating capitalism here. And it's like, well, of course we are, because like, that's how I make money. But I, I think just the whole thing of it, it feels gross. Um, like Uber, I ride in it every time that I'm out of town but feels gross, like what it is, what it is doing. So I think that, you know, the, the, the tech that I was excited about is like the tech that Jen Schiffer is still excited about, uh, is, is maybe a good <laughs> for, uh, but that tech doesn't necessarily pay my bills. Um, so yeah, really mixed feelings about like, I've gotten very accustomed to a, an amount of money, um, and I wish I wasn't. It's the true fact. Yeah, it's the, the like corporatization, right? The the yeah. I think like I think that we started. I started in tech at a time that it wasn't clear that it would just be kind of like driving economic efficiencies. Um, that that's kind of the the and, and economic efficiencies aren't always necessarily good for you know humans. Um, so yeah, that's my, my actual hot take on, on tech. Ooh, is I, think I liked that, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was getting at too, is that it's not that it's like, the, then it maybe trickles down to the fact that like going home to learn Go isn't exciting because chances are what you're going to do with it is pluck a IP address out of a database in order to find the geolocation of a car in New York or whatever. Yes, to optimally show them an ad the next time that they're on Facebook, right? Right. But if um, you were using it to like, I don't know, build a super cool watercolor machine for kids or something, you'd be like, oh, Go is sweet. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think that's exactly it. Is it's just it's not um like I know the destination in a way that I, maybe I didn't before and it's just yeah, that destination there is you less go. the destination. Interesting. So it makes me, you know, like, because there's all this other stuff that's going on that we can't, we don't even, we talk about a little bit on this show, but it's hard to talk about because I don't actually know that much about it. And like, what is, what is, you know, what does the world need my opinion on AI <laughs> art or whatever? But you can't avoid those kind of conversations. I'm sure people talk about it at Stripe too. Like, what is AI doing for us? And what is blockchain doing for us? Those things seem like they tangentially touch Stripe. Yeah, I can't talk about that in any detail, mostly because I don't know much about it, about that side AI of the world. Payments. But <laughs> AI payments. We will just figure out what you need to, what you need, yes. Train I'm going to guess to what you want me. to buy and it's going to show up on your credit card statement. You didn't need to do anything. That's great. Uh, that's, our, that's our next product. No, um, there's a lot that feels a lot more uncomfortable about tech. And I don't know if I was just naive in, you know, 1999 or... Uh, or what but um there's there's stuff that just feels more like oh this is this is what we did all this for (laughs) sorry that's a we got six minutes to turn this around Uh, um (laughs) cool watch any good animes Oh. Uh, what I will, what I will say is like, I, I say all that, but I've always, I haven't, I am having fun in my individual day. I love my team. I love the work that we're doing. I'm not just saying this to make us happy again at the end here. Like I really, I like to hang out with my team, like, and just yeah. have dinner, go for a it walk. It sounds like you're all well along in this journey, but haven't quite figured it out yet. Like I, not like, not like all the way, like not at all. And I think what's also really cool is that yes, I'm the manager, but we're all, we're all just trying to figure this out all at the same time. Um, and so it's very, it's not me telling people what to do. It's like us getting in a room and saying, well, that was interesting. <laughs> now what? I read a lot of Shigeru Miyamoto stuff. He's like creator of Mario and stuff like that. And the other week I came across this like article from 1989, and he's talking about like the secret to success and stuff like that. And one of the things he said is like the goal is for each staff member individually to contribute to the overall finish of the work. 
And I was just like, I've never considered that's the goal. (laughs) Just that everyone, (laughs) everyone chips in. That's the goal. Everyone chips in. Everyone yeah, we, 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 like, we have a joke about like, who's the data scientist this week? Because uh, we don't yeah. have data scientists. So like, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's me and sometimes it's a really freaking senior engineer and sometimes it's program manager. Um, but we're all like, we all know what needs to get done and we all work together to, to do it. Um, and that's been really fun. Yeah, that, that stuff seems like the more fulfilling parts, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. but truly take away the people and I'm out of here. Your new where team I is going to be seven robots and you have to manage them. Uh, manage them. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's my punchline. Well, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the, the Stripe had a big release of this customer portal thing looks like just yesterday that was pretty cool I don't would not know it's very weird how like I get emails about all these things but they're they're so distant from like what I need to be working on <laughs> um, so that's cool I'm glad we did that <laughs> good job Stripe. uh yeah so I won't ask you about that but I will I will ask you to, to please tell your boss that that, that you need to there needs to be PayPal APIs in Stripe because I'm saying you can't support. Yeah, just merge. You and Braintree need to just get together you and just, have one you just total wanna, API. You just want to talk about all the things that I cannot talk about. No, I, I'm just I, – I, I mentioned at the end on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Finish with a feature request. Uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Always a joy to have you. Uh, for people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? <laughs> uh, I haven't figured out a way for strangers to give me money yet, but uh, I can work on that. But um, I'm just R. Murphy, E-Y, M-U-R-P-H-E-Y on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much the only place I am. And I mostly talk about politics, but sometimes I talk about tech. Um, so, uh, And definitely check out the thread from a few weeks ago about um, paper cuts and the space framework and all that. Lots of good commentary and links from other folks there we'll link it up in the show notes uh and all right well thank you and thank you dear listener for downloading this in your podcatcher choice be sure to start her favorite up that's how people find out about the show follow us on twitter for six tweets a month and join us over in the discord patreon.com slash shop talk show chris you got anything else you'd like to say oh nope just shop talk show.com <laughs> <laughs>